This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. Father, we do thank you for gathering us here tonight. And again, uh, Lord, ask for your help as we consider the passage before us. I ask that you enable me to speak, Lord, uh, the message you have delivered here. And please enable all of us to uh, understand. Please grant clarity, insight, Lord. Enable us to grasp the truth uh, that, that you've given us in your word for our good, for our edification. We pray for all of these that we've mentioned here tonight on the list and others. Always, Lord, we're asking for wisdom and reaching out to them in whatever way you would have us to, Lord. Uh, We want to be faithful to pray for them, especially those in need of salvation. Lord, that their hearts may be turned, that they may come to know You. And those with physical afflictions, Lord, we pray for Your grace and those situations as well, Your strength, Your comfort. We lift up Brother Freddie tonight. Father, we ask for full recovery. We thank you that uh, that this wasn't much worse. And again, just pray for strength for him and for complete recovery. All of these things, Lord, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Brother Freddie was hurting pretty good last night, but he was uh, still able to joke some. <laughs> he's telling me again about he had a. Uh, he's telling me about this Sunday, and he brought it up again last night because we were talking about the trip. Uh, Julie and Dale and Dodie and Gary were on. He had a uh, he had put down a down payment on a motorcycle when uh, when he decided to marry Miss Joe, and had to go ask for his down payment back. And you know he said, "Look what I got instead of a motorcycle." <laughs> uh, but uh, she said, "Yeah, I probably saved your life. No doubt, no doubt." Um. We're probably going to get into a little bit. In in fact, uh, (laughs) she was kind of picking at me about some of the verses here. Looking forward to being here. Probably going to get into some of that tonight. Let me let me say this because when when they had their anniversary here a while back, 
And Brother Freddie, he'll, he'll tell some jokes like that sometimes. And of course, it's, he makes it real obvious that he's joking in the first place. But in the second place, uh, what a testimony. Miss, Miss Joe told me back when they had their anniversary, you know, she said, you know, he's, he's always treated me like a queen. And uh, that's, a, that's a testimony. That's a testimony. Anyway, we'll probably head that direction here in a moment. So just, I, I just wanted to mention that uh, while I was talking about them. We'll see. We'll see if we get that far down to verse 11 uh, and so forth. Um, I'm going to begin reading in uh, verse 1. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole chapter here. And we covered some of this last week, so uh, some of this is just going to... We're reading again, but uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I, I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety, moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. Um, a reminder here, the context, again, 1 Timothy 3.15, which we're going to point out many times, uh, uh, probably in the future, we, we already have in the past. Um, it helps us keep this whole thing in context. Paul says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the household of God. Or you might, just to, again to catch the idea, paraphrase that with the word family. That's household. You know, you have a household of, of uh, Lucases or a household of Kerrigans. Here we're talking about the household of God, the family of God. He says, I want you to know how to conduct yourself in the household of God, the family of God, which is the church. The church, 
Not, uh, you know, he's not talking there, of course, about a 501c3 nonprofit organization or any kind of organization. Uh, he's talking about the people of God. The church, uh, again, literally means the called out ones. You could translate it assembly or congregation. So he says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the household of God, which is the congregation or assembly of the living God. Reminder, as we pointed out before, it's the church of the living God. So, so God has possession. We belong to Him. Paul uh, says in Corinthians, you're bought with a price. You're not your own. And here, I think that idea is kind of built into that phrase right there. It's the church of the living God. God has possession. So he's saying it's God's house, God's household. He's, he's the head of the household. He's the master. He's the head. He's the owner, the builder, the possessor. And I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself, how you are to act in this household of the living God. This church, which is the pillar and ground of the truth, or, or the congregation of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. The truth. And we talked about that quite a bit last week. The truth. The importance of the truth. Now, also, just quick reminder, um, we need to notice some of the wording, I think it's going to be important here, and the phrasing that Paul is using. Um, for example, when he speaks of the false teachers, um, things that are going on here in Ephesus, he's telling Timothy to correct them. If you look back in chapter 1, when he gives his charge that we've talked quite a bit about, he says in verse 3, charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. So, and these are the words I want us to catch here. Godly edification and faith. And then he goes on to say the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, conscience, and from sincere faith. So this is this is all a part of what Paul's saying all the way through this book. He's he's talking about how we are to conduct ourselves in the household of God, and uh, that would include con- conducting ourselves in in this manner in in uh, things that cause godly edification or acting in faith from love and from a pure heart with a good conscience, from sincere faith as opposed to something phony, counterfeit. And then he likes to use the word uh, godliness. Uh, mentions that several times throughout the epistle. So that, that, that's a main theme running through here, living uh, in a godly manner, godliness. Here in, verse, in chapter 2, verse 10, he's, he speaks of uh, women who profess godliness. Uh, 
So all of these things are kind of kind of overrun, overflow, mesh together. Godly edification, in faith, love, pure heart, good conscience, sincere faith. Chapter 1, verse 10, sound doctrine. It's all a part of the gospel of the glory of God. So this, this is how he's instructing us to act in a godly manner, um, in sincerity, so that what we're doing is, is real. It's not, it's not just going through motions. It's not just following some tradition. Uh, it's not just, uh, just something we do uh, because we, we like to have a club or we like to uh, you know, enjoy coming together for our, for our own uh, selfish benefit or whatever. It, it's all tied to godliness. These words that Paul keeps using over and over and over, these phrases, godliness, godly edification, faith, love, sincere faith, and so forth. Well, all that is, is still in play here. And now he's beginning to lay out the specific instructions. So, like last week, for example, we started with a prayer. That's, that's where Paul starts. First of all, he says, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So, he says, it starts here. Pray. Pray for all. And, and we define that as being all manner of people. We are to pray for all manner of people, for kings and all who are in authority, with the intent that, verse 2, chapter 2, verse 2, so that we may lead a quiet, notice again the, the wording here, so that we may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Paul is saying this, this is what it's... All about being a part of the, the family of God. It's, it's not just um, wearing a name. It's, it's bearing the characteristics. Like, like a child has characteristics of their parents. They don't just wear the name. Um, they bear the image. They have... Uh, family resemblance, what I'm looking for there. Uh, things you can see in common with their parents or with other, with other members of the family. And here it's all tied to being, uh, God-like. God, godliness. And in sincerity and in truth. It's, 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 uh, it's true. It's reality. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We're holding forth the truth about who God is, what He's like. And we do that not only by, by what we say, but by what we, how we conduct ourselves, how we act. Godliness. Godliness. So, so He says, pray. Pray that we can... Uh, successfully live this way. Pray for all men everywhere, all manner of men. Pray for our kings, all who are in authority, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. 
For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. And I mentioned last week, he seems to have in mind there the, the, the freedom of the flow of the gospel. You know, pray that we can live peaceably and, and in godliness so that we can, just, we can just freely preach the gospel. Now, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, we, we, uh, we defined that last week as all manner of men. God desires all manner of men to be saved. Verse, verse uh, 1, you're still in the same context, verse 1, pray for all men, all manner of men, Jews, Gentiles alike. For God desires all men to be saved, all manner of men, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. The church is the pillar in the ground of the truth. We, we hold forth the truth. We put it on display. We put the truth about God on display through, through the proclamation of His Word and through the testimony of our own lives as we live godly lives before the world. We're, we're putting the truth out there for them to hear and to see. And Paul is saying that it's God's desire that all manner of men come to know the truth, come to the knowledge of the truth. And this is why it's so important for us to live in the way that He's prescribing here, because this is the means that God uses. God, God uses the church to reach the world. So it's, it's imperative that we know how to conduct ourselves in the household of God so that all manner of men will come to the knowledge of the truth. For, the truth is, verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. You see the, again, I'm going to keep the context here. And this is one reason, and I'm going through this part quicker right now because I explained it a little more last week, but... It's one reason we're defining all in verse 1 and all in verse 4 as being all manner instead of every, every single, okay? Um, because, uh, verse 5, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's making this point. There's, there's only one God and one mediator for all manner of men, everywhere. There's, there's, there's not. I, I remember. Uh, I, I was always a professing Christian. My, you know, my mother was a Christian, raised me, going to church and Sunday school and all that good stuff, and and uh, I was always a professing Christian. But I, I, I do remember, um, in my late teens, early twenties, you know, coming to some conclusions that. I obviously didn't get from the Bible, <laughs> but uh, uh, coming to some con- conclusions that, uh, well, Jesus was kind of the way that God reached out to us over here. I guess I guess I thought, you know, he's he's the the Western God. You know, that's kind of confused already, isn't it? Since he's from the East, but at, at any rate. Uh, I, He's the, he's the, the God's means of reaching us, and then in other parts of the world, He has other means. I remember thinking that. 
That's Paul's whole point here is no. Pray for all manner of men because God desires all manner of men to come to the knowledge of truth because there is one God and one mediator between God and men, all manner of men, the man Christ Jesus. There, there's one way of salvation, Jesus Christ. That's it. There, there are not different ways for different ethnic groups or different nationalities. There's, uh, there's, there's one way. And everybody who is saved will be united uh, in Christ. Not through various means, but uh, in Christ. In Christ. Who gave himself, verse 6, a ransom for all. There it is again. Got it in verse 1. All men. Verse 4. All men. Verse 6. All men. But... We're all, but in each case, it's really it's it, it just the word all. And I'm I'm for for the sake of explanation, I'm I'm uh, providing the word manner. Uh, it's not not here. Uh, just doing that again, paraphrasing for explanation. But but if you, uh, I think the text the the context supports that. So you got all men in verse one, all men in verse four, and all in verse six. He's obviously talking about the same thing all the way through here. Christ gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So there's one God, one mediator. There's not one for the Jews, one for the Gentiles, and and so forth. Uh, there's there's one for all, and Christ gave himself for all, not just for the Jews. He he gave himself a ransom for all. Or, again, for the sake of explanation, for all manner of men, all kinds of men, all people to be testified in due time. For which, and, and again, I think the context supports that. You see it in the next verse. For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying a teacher of the Gentiles, of the nations, in faith and Truth. Paul says, I'm telling you this and I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth in Christ. I'm, I'm not lying because I myself, Paul says, am a teacher of the nations. Ethnos. A teacher of the nations in faith and truth. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We, we carry the truth or hold it forth for the world to see and hear, um, regardless of who they are, regardless of what nationality, regardless of their social status. Um, there's, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. All need to hear. So, Paul, again, goes back to prayer in verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Everywhere. And I was, I was thinking about this today. There's two ways of looking at this. You Here, well, let me say this first. Here, Paul's, Paul's again, at the beginning stages of his instruction, and, and here in these uh, next several verses, he's going to give instruction for the men in the church. And he's talking specifically to... Uh, Timothy uh, as a young pastor and to the church at Ephesus. And he's going to give instruction to the men in the church and then instruction to the women in the church in these next several 
verses. But it it applicable to all of us who believe. So um, so he's those of us men. He's speaking to us here. Those of you ladies here tonight. He's speaking to you here, and he starts with the men and says, "Here's what I want you to do. Pray." He reiterates, pray, the importance of prayer. First of all, he says in verse 1, first of all, I want supplications, prayers, and intercessions, and giving of thanks to God, of course, be made for all, all manner of men. He comes back to it here in verse 8. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Now, here's what I was going to say I was talking about or thinking about earlier today. There's, there's two ways this phrase can be taken. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere. That could mean that uh, let's just single out somebody like Brother Ron. You could say, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, Brother Ron, pray everywhere. Everywhere you go, pray. Pray. And, and there's other scriptural grounds for that. He says to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. That's, that's awesome, isn't it? You think about that. <laughs> we are to uh, never cease praying. Pray without ceasing. So, so that would certainly mean everywhere, wouldn't it? Pray everywhere. Everywhere you go. Pray, because clearly, pray without ceasing. So, he, he, obviously, he doesn't mean for you to stay on your knees 24-7. So, he means whatever you do, wherever you go, Pray. Be in a prayerful mindset. Stay in communication, in close communication with God. I can uh, I could leave the house and and be talking to to Leslie on the phone, and uh, it's amazing with with all, all the uh, technology that we have now. Um, most of Sligo Road is still a dead zone. I don't. <laughs> I don't get that because I see towers all over the place. But but you get down Sligo Road and and uh, you know if I break down, I hope it's not on Sligo Road because I you know I'm, I'm gonna be thumbing. Um, and there's dead spot. You, you, what he's saying is you don't want a dead spot in your relationship with the Lord. You don't want any. Uh, I'm not trying to be uh, flippant here about prayer, but I'm, but just to make an analogy, you don't want any calls dropped. You pray without ceasing. Stay in constant communication with the Lord. Close communication. And, and uh, the uh, service, so to speak, is always, always available with the Lord. He's, he's always, always there. So if, it, if the call drops, it'll be because we dropped it and not, not because the Lord dropped it. So there's scriptural grounds for that, and he could, could be saying that here, but I, but I think... In, in light of everything we've already looked at, I think he's again talking about uh, all manner of men. So, in other words, it would be like saying, I want men everywhere to pray. So, he starts out in verse 1 by saying, I, I want prayer to be made for all men. And then here in verse 8, uh I want, you could say it this way, I want prayer to be made by all men. Prayer for all men and prayer by all men. Paul says, I desire, God desires that all men come to the knowledge of the truth. That's verse 4. God desires all men or all manner of men or all kinds of men 
to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Paul says, I desire, therefore, that all men pray everywhere. That is, men everywhere pray. Everywhere that there are men professing godliness in Christ, Paul is saying, I want them to pray. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I desire, Paul says, this is, this is my desire, that men everywhere pray. Lifting up, boy, I'm out of time quick here tonight. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Now, uh, some of the things here are so simple. Other things are pretty difficult because he doesn't give us a lot of he doesn't give us a lot of detail. So, so just like back in chapter one, we have hints at what the false teachers were doing because he he talks, for example, about them wanting to be teachers of the law, but he doesn't give the specifics what the false doctrine is. And so it's, it's, it's like that over here as well. He's, when he says, I desire that men everywhere pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting, it's, there's an implication built in there that something's going on. There's, there's wrath and doubting, or the, the New American Standard translates the word doubting there, translates it dissension. So there's, there's wrath and dissension. Now, in other words, what I'm saying is this. He, he, he seems to be targeting some problem areas with, with the uh, women, which we're going to have to get to next week. With the women, there, there's an implication here that there's a, a lack of submission in, in the assembly. And with the men, apparently there's some kind of something going on with uh, anger. Dissension that shouldn't be there. So he says, what I want men to do is pray without that in total surrender to God, lifting up holy hands. And by the way, I don't, I'm, that's not, uh, you know, that's not just a, uh, uh, metaphor or something. And it means it literally, lifting up holy hands. It's, it's an expression of surrender to the Lord. And that's what he's calling for, that, that men would pray with surrendered hearts. And, you know, not only would the outward show by lifting the hands, but that the hearts would truly uh, be surrendered to the Lord. So that all anger, wrath would be done away with, and doubting or dissension. I desire that you pray, make supplications, make prayers, make intercessions, and giving of thanks, and pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, godliness, sincere faith, a good conscience, godly edification. This, this is the way He's calling on us to live, and, and as we come together... Uh, 
Well, he's, he's beginning to lay. What do, you, what do you do when you come together? What do you do in the household of God when you assemble? Well, he says, I want the men to pray. 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 Lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubting. Surrender. In a, in a, in a real way. Sincere. That's why he says sincere faith. Surrender. Be in submission to God and the will of God. Pray for the salvation of the nations and the community. And be, just like we've been talking about in Hebrews, and be rid of anything that would hinder that, such as wrath and doubting. Well, I'm going to have to stop there because we're out of time. didn't get as far as I was planning to, but um, Lord willing, we'll pick up uh, with the ladies' uh, part next uh, next Wednesday night. All right? Let's let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word and for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. Lord, please enable us to do what you're calling for here—to live godly lives in this world. Lord, we want to be uh, conduits of grace. from You to, to men, to all manner of men and women in our uh, community and, Lord, as, as far as You would have us to reach. May, may our lives be committed to this, a life of godliness. May our life as, as a group, as a church, be committed to this, godliness in this, in this present evil age reflecting Your glory for godly edification, for the law so that all manner of people may come to salvation, to the knowledge of the truth, and ultimately, Lord, for Your honor and glory. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80. Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.